This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. My message title this morning is uh, A Time Such as This. You know, we've never lived in this time before. Nobody's ever lived in this time before but us. Aren't we blessed? Amen. We're blessed to be here. I want to ask you a very profound question that the Holy Ghost asked Pastor 21 years ago, and it's this. Do you recognize your position in relevance to the times? I'm going to ask you that again. When I ask you this question, I want you to soul search. Do you, say me, recognize my position and relevance to the times? Amen. In about a week, a book that Pastor and I have written is going to come, should be, should be here. And the title of that book is called, um, What Always Precedes a Major Move of God. Subtitle is, Do You Recognize Your Position and Relevance to the Times? And what that book is about, is about the Holy Ghost speaking to Pastor 21, it's been 21 years ago now, in, in the year 2000, about the end times move of God. And I'm really excited about this book. It sat for 20 some odd years because the time wasn't right. And then last spring, the Holy Ghost said a year ago, probably almost a year ago, spring, the Holy Ghost said, put that into a book. So I spent all spring and into the summer work at writing, rewriting, writing, rewriting this book. And it takes a long time. And Josh and Julie helped me out with uh, getting it on the proper platform that they wanted it submitted on and all that kind of stuff. So I had a few glitches, but it should be here in a week or so. So I'm excited about that. Okay. Isaiah 57. New Living Translation. Does anybody know what that verse is about? Pastor Dave does, because the Holy Ghost gave it to him. Does anybody else at High Desert Word Center? How many months are we into this year? Let's see. January, February, March. Three months. We should know this verse by now because it's our theme verse for the year 2021. It says, Isaiah 50, verse 7 in the the, uh, New Living Translation, Because the Sovereign Lord helps me. Does he help you? I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like stone on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, determined to do his will. And I will not be put to shame. Amen. Amen. So in the year 2021, what is at stake? What's at stake? Who said that? Thank you, Leanne. Souls are at stake. It's the name of the game. It's the name of Satan's game. He wants everybody he can take to hell with him. But most importantly, it's God's. Open up your Bibles to Luke 19.10. I say this all the time, but you need to be able to see this with your own eyes. Luke 19.10. Here it is, in Jesus' words. For the Son of Man has come to what? Seek. Means to look for. And to save that which is lost. I'm sitting here thinking, how many, what is the percentage of people um, in our town, perhaps, that are born again? Good question. What about, what's the percentage of the people in our state that are born again? What about our nation? What about the world? There are not enough of us. Christians need to multiply. And multiply rapidly, like rabbits. Right? That's what we need to be doing. We need to be multiplying like rabbits. Now look at uh, 2 Corinthians 5. 
Verse 18. I'm in the New King James, says, Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way we get to heaven, right? Amen. What's he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, right? He has reconciled us through Jesus Christ to God the Father. And you know what? Not only that, but he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He passed the baton to us. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he handed the baton to us. And he said, I've given you, all of you, anybody who calls themselves by the name of Christian Jesus, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. So what are you doing about it? Maybe you don't know how to reconcile a lost and dying world. That's what I'm going to teach you today. We are undercover agents for the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that pretty cool? We're undercover agents. And we're on the lookout for lost and dying people. Where are they? Where are they? Huh. We're on the lookout, right? That means we're ever alert. Our antenna is always up. When we go out and about, it's not because we're going out and about. It's because God in us is going out and about. So our antenna is always up. Our binoculars are always on. Our magnifying glass, right? And we're looking. We're seeking for those who are lost and who need Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I want you to remember now that we are not in survival mode. Never get the attitude that we're in survival mode just hiding under a rock waiting for Jesus to come. That ain't the game, folks. We are warriors, mighty, mighty warriors, right? We're mighty, mighty warriors. We're in the army of God. We have an assignment. Now, what are we going to do about the assignment? See, it's up to you personally what you're going to do about the call. What is the call? The ministry of reconciliation, reconciling a lost and a dying world to Jesus Christ. That's what our job description is. Amen. What do people, we're in revival mode. If we're not in survival mode, then we're in revival mode. So what what do people in revival mode do? Anybody? What do people in revival mode do? Right. Do you remember when you first got saved, when Jesus Christ first became the Lord of your life? You couldn't keep your mouth shut for all the tea in China. You wanted to tell everything that moved and everything that didn't move. I found Jesus. Look what he did for me. Look at, look at what he's done. I want to share this with you. We're in, we're, when we're in revival mode, that same thing comes upon us. We have got to tell Jesus about Jesus to everybody we know. That's what we've got to do. That's our job. Look at Colossians. Well, you don't have to look there because most of you don't have the Living Bible. It's an old translation. Colossians 1.28, the Living Bible says, So everywhere, where does everywhere mean? Everywhere means everywhere, right? We talk. What do you have to use when you're talking? Your mouth. So everywhere we go, we talk. What are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus to all who will listen. And we're warning them and teaching them to the best of our individual ability. Amen? But what holds us back? What hinders us? When we're out and about, we've all been held back. We've all been hindered. 
the number one thing is basically fear. All of a sudden we get afraid. Fear grips us. What are we afraid of? We're afraid of the possibilities of people's reactions to us when we talk to them. Well, there's several several possibilities. They'll gladly receive what we've got to say. They've been praying and just waiting for somebody like us to come along and tell them. Or they'll get mad and make a scene. Picture that. You're sharing the gospel with Jesus in the Walmart and all of a sudden somebody goes off on you. And they can hear it all over the store. They might even spit at you or push you away. But should that matter? I want to tell you a story about Dr. Barkley of when he, he got bored again. He, he tells us all the time. He's a Marine, combat Marine from Vietnam. You know, he's a tough guy. He was a drunk all his life, you know, the whole nine yards. He was in San Diego as a uh, drill instructor. Back then they were super mean. And somebody knocked on the door of his house one day, sharing Jesus. You know what he did? Punched him in the face. True story. Punched him right in the face. Broke his nose. A week or so later, the guy showed up again. Or maybe it was a day or two. I don't know what the time zone was. But he said, I just want you to know that I forgive you and Jesus loves you. Dr. Barkley went back to Vietnam. But the words that that young man spoke to him rang in his ears in the jungles of Vietnam. And right there in Vietnam, when he was in the jungle, leaning against another Marine there, leaning there back to back, he's talking to this other guy about God. Do you think there's a God? The guy says, I don't know. And Dr. Barkley, because of that young man, He said, I believe there is. And he gave his life to Jesus right there on the spot. How can they hear without a preacher? As you will notice, not all of Barstow is under this roof this morning. How are they going to hear without a preacher? Guess what? You're the preacher. You're the preacher. Look at 1 Corinthians 3. I'm in the New King James again. Verses 3 through 6 say this. Or 6 through 8. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 8. Sorry, I had the wrong verse here. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believed as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, he witnessed, he was a witnesser, he planted, he witnessed, he opened his mouth, he witnessed, he planted. Apollos watered, somebody else comes along, somebody you don't even know, and they tell this person the same thing, basically, about Jesus, different words, different way of, he does it, but God Gave the increase. Someone else comes along and closes a deal and actually leads them into a prayer of salvation. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. So when you're out when you're out talking about Jesus to people, just because they don't receive Jesus on the spot, don't get discouraged. You were, you planted. You planted a seed. Somebody else will come along. You know, it may not even be a person. Maybe it'll be a billboard. I love it coming back from Vegas. You know, you've got Jesus billboards all over the place. And I think, yes, 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 yes. 
after you've gone to Vegas and lost everything you own, and (laughs) there's Jesus. You know what I mean? He's right there for you. Maybe a book or, or something that somebody gives you. Amen. I want, I want you to open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. And I want to show you what happens when people are witnessed to. Acts chapter 4. Let's read verses 1 through, 1 through 3 first of all. Now as they spoke to the people, the priests... The captains of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached about Jesus, the resurrection from the dead, and they laid hands on them, not to pray for them. In other words, they grabbed them by the scruff of their neck and put them in custody in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. That's one thing. That happened when the disciples and the early believers were out witnessing. Folks got ticked off. They didn't want to hear that. But then, at the same time, read verse 4. However, many of those who heard the word believed. And the number of the men, just the men alone, not talking about the women and the children, came to about 5,000. You never know who you're going to lead to the Lord. Somebody had to lead Billy Graham to the Lord. Somebody. That young man that led that that witnessed to Dr. Barclay. You know. See, the words that we speak to people about Jesus are anointed, and the Word of God says, and I think it's in Isaiah somewhere, that the Word does not return void. Just like the rain comes down from heaven and the earth sucks it back up again, you know, you know, because of the evaporation of Jedidah, so is the Word of God. It comes down. And it produces what it's supposed to do. It doesn't return back to heaven void. The Word that we plant, it will produce because it's good seed. Amen. And it will produce. Amen. Praise the Lord. Ah. Uh, the page here. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? So the same results that the early disciples of the early believers had through the power of the Holy Ghost when they were ministering to people, the results they had, same results today. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so the number one thing that we're supposed to do, what hinders us, is... Fear. Remember, we talked about that. The second thing is there are some times when we should not speak up. Chuck was telling me about this one day. He said, you know what? I went to witness to somebody and the Lord wouldn't let me. That will happen every once in a while. Every once in a while. Most of the time you're supposed to speak up, but sometime the Lord will just say, don't say anything. There's a reason for that. It's because the Lord's already working with him on stuff. Or her. And so if you talk now, you're going to blow it. So just shut up. That's rare. I think I've had that happen once in my life. How about you, Chuck? Maybe once? Yeah? I mean, it doesn't happen often. So the name of the game is speak up. The third reason that you may not want to be out there doing what you're supposed to be doing and sharing Jesus is because maybe you're tired and weary. Have you ever gone to the store and you're just flat out worn out? Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. Lord, get me in and out of here. I just want to do what I need to do and go home. If we're weary and tired, it's hard. Amen. And I always picture all you moms. I picture Adriana. I picture Sabrina. All you other people that have all these kids, you know, and you're in the store with all of them, you know. You're supposed to. I'm supposed to witness? (laughs) Maybe the fact that you're there with all these children is a witness, you know. Presuming they're all behaving, right? <laughs> or how you handle it when they're not behaving. Amen. So, but I'm going to ask you a question. What can you do? What can you do to tell people about Jesus? What can you do to win people to Jesus? The first and foremost thing is your Christian character. Your day-to-day life. It doesn't do any good 
for people who know you. A lot more people know you than you know know you. To see you coming out of the tavern one day, spouting Jesus the next. See you stealing stuff at work, spouting Jesus the next. See you lying about stuff, spouting Jesus the next. Guess what? You have no credibility. You have no credibility whatsoever. First thing is your daily life. The second thing is you need to be a devoted, consistent prayer. You need to pray. You need to pray. I'm going to put that in my tool belt because we need to pray. Right? Look at Psalm 2.8. One of my favorite, favorite little portions of Scripture, Psalms 2 8. So we're praying, right? We're praying for people to be born again, right? Maybe some of you were in a Wednesday night service when I prayed about the ark. And I gave you all a copy of this cardboard ark. Yeah, card card stock ark. There's some back there on the platform, I think, if you didn't get one. What did you do with it? You're supposed to go home and put it on your refrigerator. And you were supposed to write names of people that needed to be, that you knew personally needed to be born again. Or pictures of them. I put family pictures of some of our family members that aren't born again yet on that. Right on the refrigerator. How many times a day do you open that refrigerator door? Well, when you're opening that refrigerator door, you can lay hands on your ark. You can say, Father, thank you, Lord. And just pray over them. Thank you, Lord, you're sending laborers across their paths. Thank you, Lord, they're telling them, you're, you're sending people to tell them about Jesus. Thank you, Lord, as they're born again and they're on the way to heaven. And I will see them in heaven someday. They're not going to hell. Amen. So when we're praying, Psalms 2.8, we say, ask of me. He says, ask him. You receive not because you ask not. And I will give you the nations or the people groups for your inheritance. And the ends of the earth for all your possession. God the Father, if we lift up people's names to Him in prayer, He's on the scene, man. He's not going to give up on them. He's going to chase them down. He's going to chase them down. And who's he going to use? You and me. We're chasing them down. We're being obedient. About telling everyone about Jesus. Everywhere we go to all who will listen. We talk about Christ to all who will listen. That's our main topic. Amen. So we're praying for these people to receive Jesus, to, be, to come to church, to be discipled. Amen. And at High Desert Word Center, we have a discipleship team, and I'm so thankful to Pastor Dave for setting that team up because it's helped many, many, many. Another thing is you need to be a tracker. A tracker. Now, I didn't say a tractor. You need to be a tracker. You need to be a tracker. What's a tracker? This is a track. You will all get some on the way when you leave today. This is a track. What does this track do? This track is a tool. You can keep it in your tool belt. We're going to go over this track at the end of the service. I'm going to teach you about it. So what's the job description of a tracker? Pastor and I used to be trackers. We still need to be trackers. Number one, you go tracking. Number two, you carry tracks with you at all times. In your shirt pocket, in your purse, wherever. Number three, you pass out tracks to people. Hey, here's something for you good to read. You can do that. You can plant tracks. Where? Katie told you where we used to plant tracks. We can still plant them there. So can you. 
You go to the grocery store. Here's the beer aisle. You got tracks. What do you do? You stick them in the beer beer thing. They don't so much have, you know, Playboys and all that garbage in stores anymore, I don't think. We used to go down the magazine aisle, go like this, don't look, stick a track in there. Hey, why not? They used to have telephone booths. They don't have telephone booths anymore. We used to put them in telephone booths. They don't have telephone booths anymore. You're going to have to be a little creative about where you put them. Amen? You can mail these. When I used to pay the bills at the house, I used to write a check. You know, Pastor does it online now. I used to write a check. And as I was writing a check, I'd put a track inside. Right? You can send a card or a letter to your family, to your friends. What do you do? You put a track inside. Not only that, but when you go to the restaurant and you're getting ready to leave your large tip, I didn't say your, throw your quarters on the table. I said when you leave your large tip, you put it in the track. Why? They want the money. Right? You be creative about where you put these tracks. I put them in my tool belt. See, I got a tool belt. You need to have a tool belt too. But not necessarily one that looks like me. Number three, or number four, you can be on a soul winning, winning team, trained, Pastor Dave. We know somebody who's a perfect trainer, don't we? Perhaps it's time for him to come. I think it's time for him to come. Talk about Brian Besser. So soul winning teams, where do they go? Well, sometimes they go door to door. Door to door. Like that young man that went to Dr. Barkley's door. Sometimes they go to the park. Sometimes they go to malls, etc. You know what you can also write? Written words. That's number five. You can write. What do you write? You can write a letter to somebody, your dear friend you haven't seen for a long time. One of your family members, anybody, it doesn't matter. You know what, I just, something really great happened in my life and I just want to share it with you because you came to my mind and I still care about you. I want to tell you about Jesus. Amen. And you tell them about Jesus. In all of this, we're going to be bold. Because we're not afraid, right? Number one thing is fear. You got rid of the fear, right? So we're bold, right? Right? What happens if fear comes upon you? Rebuke it in Jesus' name, right? Rebuke it in Jesus' name. I'll put these in my tool belt. Use your mouth. Your testimony. At the end of the service, I'm going to pass, the ushers are going to pass you out a sheet of paper. It says, my testimony. There's a place for you to write your testimony, your name, and the date that you write it. You know, you don't even know what your own testimony is, some of you. What has happened to you in Jesus Christ is individually personal. Amen. You know, when we, when we were doing SAMTI here at Dr. Barclay's Bible College, one of the job assignments or the lessons or the homework assignments was write out your testimony. we got some testimonies in this church that will curl your hair. I mean to tell you what. If you would do this, write out your testimony, number one, for your benefit, so you'll know how to share your testimony. Because even if you can't go to the Bible and share all the verses... You've got your testimony. Uniquely yours. So if you if you fill out that form and you would like to, turn it back to me because I'm going to make a little booklet that, that says something like absolutely true or it's radical or can you believe this or something that's eye-catching to people 
And we're going to pass out these little books. You don't have to put your name on it if you don't want to put your name on it. That's fine. I don't care. I'm going to pick out some awesome testimonies and make a little book. We can pass these out. People, that, people in everyday life. Wow. Listen to this. If God did that for them, he could surely do it for me. Amen. So please do that, okay? I want you to do that. I'm going to put this in my, my little tool belt here. Okay. So we're going to use our mouth. What are conversations? Number six, use your mouth. What are conversations that we can talk to strangers about when you're out and about? It always helps if you're polite. You know, some people have horrible manners. Some people have no manners, okay? But be polite. It helps if you're nicely dressed. You don't have to be dressed like you're going to the ball, like you're going to the prom, but dress nicely, you know. Conversation openers, strangers. How are you doing today? They might just tell you. In which case, you can say, you know what, Jesus is so good. He can help you with that. You're looking for the door to crack open so you can run right through it, okay? This is what I love to do. Example. The other day, Pastor Dave took us home, went to Vegas to pick us back from the airport because we went to Georgia to see a new grandbaby and our son and daughter-in-law. So we go to the Chipotle's. And there's this family. Good Lord. I don't know how many kids they had, but they went like this, eight or nine. And I said to this lady, who was of a different color than me, I said, wow, you've got such a blessed family. I love big families. I've got eight kids of my own. Conversation opener. So we talked for a little bit. I said, She said, my father, whom I haven't seen in 11 years and has never met these children, we're having lunch together. I said, oh, you're so blessed. And she started talking Jesus back to me. So I don't need to witness to her. You know what I'm saying? But, but you know, what do, people, what do parents love most of all in their life? What, what's their heart's desires? Their children. You talk about their children. I remember one time I was at Food for Less, and I happened to have some coupons for somewhere. I don't know. And a man came in, and he had this little girl in the, in the cart. And I said, oh, I've got something for your little girl. I said, when you're over here around and about, here's a meal for her. You know, and I gave that to him. And I said, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. People don't know Jesus loves them. They think they're ugly and mean and no hope for them. When you tell them Jesus loves you, that opens their heart. Can I pray for you when you go into the wall? Oh, when you go to the Walmart <laughs> or anywhere else. I'll give a story about this one gal. Yesterday happened to me yesterday. Went to Home Depot. And I knew this one little gal, her, uh, her mother was very, very ill. I'd heard that I, from somebody else. And um, I saw her in the store when I was going through the checkout, but she was busy. And I started to walk out with my, with my actually, my tool belt, which I purchased yesterday. Isn't it lovely? It's very, it's very nice, huh? I purchased that yesterday. So as I was walking out the door, I stopped. I said, I cannot leave this place till I talk to her. And she had stopped doing whatever she was doing, and I yelled back at her. You know, Pastor says, quit yelling. Sometimes you have to yell. I yelled back at her. I'm not going to say her name, but I yelled back at her. And she heard me. I said, and she came over. And I said, how's your mother doing? Well, her mother's not doing well. But her mother wants to go home and be with the Lord. So in that case, you don't pray for healing for that person. They want to go home and be with the Lord. I said, well, how are you doing with it? And she started to cry. And so I laid my hand on her shoulder and I prayed for her. When you are out and about, there are people who are hurting. There are people who are working on the job, but they're sick. Healing. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? I don't know how many Walmart cashiers I've prayed for them. <laughs> you know, they'll say, oh, i got a horrible headache. Oh, can I pray for you? That needs to be the first words out of your mouth. Oh, can I pray for you? Before the devil talks you out of it, right? Here's something else you can say. 
You know, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Now, this is a, this is a clincher, man. Now, listen to this. You can say this to people when the door gets opened up. If you were to die today, that's a thought. If you were to die today, why should Jesus let you into his heaven? I'm telling you what. A Presbyterian guy named James Kennedy, Dr. James Kennedy from Cape Coral, Florida, wherever he was from, 30 some odd years ago came up with the Evangelism Explosion Program as a Methodist I went through that program in Carmel, Indiana years ago. This line, you'll get all kinds of, well, I hope so. If you were to die today, you know, why would Jesus let you, were you going to go to heaven? Is Jesus going to let you into heaven? I hope so. There's your door opener. They don't know. If they say back to you, because I've received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, that's fine. They may say, well, I go to church. So, I mean, right, right. You know, the old saying, just because you sit in the garage, it doesn't make you a car. Any more than sitting in a church makes you a Christian. Well, my mother was saved. They may not even know what the word saved means. Most people, that's Christianese. I remember one time years ago, I was swimming at the YMCA in Anderson, Indiana, in the swimming pool there. And this little Baptist girl swims up to me and she says, are you saved? Why was I befuddled? I went to the Methodist church. I didn't know what the word saved meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's Christianese. But you've got a door open there. I hope I'm good enough. Well, you know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says there's none good. That salvation, that Jesus paid the price for you is, is a free gift. You can't earn it. You just have to receive it. Can I pray for you now? Would you like to receive Jesus into your heart today? Can I pray for you now? So where are you going to use your mouth? All of you will have your mouth shut. Where are you going to use your mouth? Everywhere. 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 Everywhere your little feet go. Number seven. You can be a bold street witness, but you need trained. They're out there. One time when Pastor and I lived on First Street, we lived across the street from the high school, I was so excited one day. School was about ready to get out at the high school. Here comes this troop of people. They got bullhorns. One's across the street right on the corner of the high school. Somebody's over on this corner. A couple of people over on my side of the street. This guy starts preaching Jesus as soon as the bell rings and they're out and they're getting on their buses. He's preaching Jesus. The cool thing about it was, the police knew he was going to be there. They let him alone. The principal knew he was going to be there. He let him alone. I told the guy, I said, come over on my side of the street. Preach from my side of the street. People over there on that corner were taking kids and leading them to the Lord. So you got to be trained to do this. You just don't go out on your own and be stupid, do something stupid. That was so cool. And then when the buses were all gone, they packed up their stuff and away they went. I thought, this is so cool. And when we first bought that house on First Street, across the street from the high school, before and after school, Julie will remember this, the kids would come on our side of the street until they quit letting them come on my side of the street. So it was Christmas. You remember that, Julie? And I thought, you know what? There's going to be about 30, 40 kids on my side of the street last day of school for Christmas vacation. So I made up little gift packs for girls and I made up little gift packs for boys. 
And they came and they're all they're they're on my side of the street because they're smoking. Okay, you can't smoke on church property, so you smoke on the people's property. So here they are on my property. So we go out and we start handing out these little gifts and stuff. You know, Jesus loves you. We probably had a track in them or something. Remember that? And I handed this. There was one boy that was over the cross. He was in front of the house next door and he didn't want to come. I said, "Come here." And I kept coaxing him, and he came over, and I handed him a little gift. And you know what the Holy Ghost said to me? That's the only thing he's going to receive for Christmas. That's the only gift that kid's going to receive for, for Christmas. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. What are the gifts of the Spirit? Word of knowledge. That was a word of knowledge the Lord gave me about that boy. He'll tell you all kinds of stuff. One time, Pastor and I, years ago, before we were pastors, we had a little ministry called Laborers of the Harvest. And we went door to door in Noblesville, Indiana. We told people about Jesus. We knocked on the doors. The Holy Ghost said, you ask people, does anybody here need prayer for healing? That was what we were supposed to say to the people. We knocked on this one door. This young lady came to the door. She was obviously pregnant. And I said to her, can we pray for you and your baby? And, and, you, and, and I started to pray for her and her baby and her husband. The Holy Ghost said, she doesn't have a husband. I didn't know that. The Holy Ghost did. Gifts of the Spirit. And when you're out working, out there working for the Lord... You can lay hands on people and pray for them. I talked about that. Like I laid hands on that gal at Home Depot yesterday. I just put my hand on her shoulder. That's laying on of hands, isn't it? Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. We're supposed to be reading in the book of Acts this month. So cool. Look at all the signs and the wonders are done. By people like you and me. Signs and wonders and miracles. Why? Because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation to go out there into that lost and dying world. Amen. Some things that people do are Chuck Coleman's got his own ministry. It's called Kingdom of Heaven Ministries. Right? Got the name? I got the name right? Oh, pardon. I forgot the outreach part. Kingdom of Heaven Outreach Ministries. Outreach meeting being the key word. Outreach. So he himself, he's a very gifted, talented man, built this trailer. Sometimes we use it here on Harvest Fest. That's Chuck's trailer. He made it himself, own hands. He goes out. He's got sound equipment. He's got all kinds of stuff. And he's telling me the other day, he says, you know, I've got people that are coming and asking to work with me. They want to set up the equipment. They want to do this. They want to do that. They want to do something else. You need somebody that passes out tracks. You need a tracker. You need a tracker. Then Katie Brady, a few months ago, she all by herself. There she is back in the back with little Seth. Little Katie Brady, all by herself, put on the inheritance. That event that many of us went to that was in the park. All day, you know, all evening, all day, all day, all evening event. It's beautiful. Beautiful. What's something else you can do? You can sing. Some of you can sing. Some of you need to keep your mouth shut when it comes to singing. (laughs) If you can sing and somebody knows you can sing besides you think you can sing... You can do cool things with this. I've seen this on Facebook. You can go to the Walmart. One of you is on one aisle, one of you is on the other. You're just shopping, minding your own business. All of a sudden, you start singing Amazing Grace, aisle one. So-and-so on aisle two joins in. So all of a sudden, you get all these singers coming out, and they're singing Amazing Grace right in the middle of Walmart. Isn't that cool? I think that's just cool. Now, you don't want to be a bad singer, and people are going like, What is that noise? No, you want to be able to sing. I want to tell you a story about Julius Marar. 
our missionary from India to India, Nepal, (coughs) he has this funny little box. We saw it in his house one day. Remember that funny little box? And we said, what is that, Julius? And he opens up this little box. I don't know. There's some kind of a name for it. But he starts playing it. It's like a harpsichord. He starts playing this thing. Well, one time he had it in the airport. Airports are wonderful places. People are captive. You know, they're sitting there waiting for their airplanes. So Julius is in the airport. He's got his little box. Somebody says, oh, what is your box? What's in your box? He opens it up. And it begins to sing. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the words thy hands have made, etc. He sings how great they are in the middle of the daggum airport. People stop what they're doing. And they listen. Isn't that cool? I just think that's cool. You know, we are so creative. <clears throat> we are so creative. Let's see what else we've got here. You can sing in parking lots. You know, you don't need a band. You can have singing teams. Just go out and start singing about Jesus. I already talked to you about being sensitive to the gifts of the Holy Spirit operating within you. I want to talk to you business owners now. I know we've got some business owners in here. If you would like, I'm not making you do this, at the end of the service, in a minute I'm going to tell you about this track and we're going to go through it together. If you would like to put maybe a stack of tracks by your cash register or something for people to pick when they're paying their bill, you know, it didn't cost you anything. You don't even have to say anything necessarily. You just got the stack there. How many people are you, you're sitting at what you're getting ready to check out somewhere and all of a sudden you see a stack of stuff? I look at the paper. I look at stuff. Yeah, the written word is still powerful. I look at it. I think, huh, I might want one of those. You just take one. So you business owners, if you want, I've got, we printed out and prayed over 400 tracks yesterday. I had some prayers come in. They helped me fold them. We laid hands on them. They're extremely anointed. We prayed over them for a couple hours. They're very anointed. So these tracks that I'm going to pass out to you in a minute... Where'd it go? It's in here. It's in my pouch. They've been prayed over. Man, they're anointed. Woohoo! Pastor prayed over these. We printed a bunch of these yesterday. I mean, we had them printed. The invites to Easter. Pastor himself laid hands on these. They're anointed. Look at Acts 19. How can you say that, Mrs. Pastor? Easy. Look at Acts 19. This is why we say this. I can get the Acts. Acts 19. Let's look at verses 11 and 12. Now listen to this. Now God, who? God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul's, Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or apron were brought from his body to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Handkerchiefs and aprons? What is a handkerchief? It's, an, it's a tangible object. What is paper? It's a tangible object. That's why we prayed over them, to get the anointing in them. So when you're passing them out, these people are prayed for. Look at Matthew 9. Love to hear the sound of Bible pages turning. Woohoo! 
Matthew 9. Verses 37 and 38. Then he, Jesus, said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Why are the laborers few? If we're all called, if we're all given the ministry of reconciliation, why are the laborers few? Because few few choose to answer the call. Few choose to be doers of the instructions of the Most High God. That's why the laborers are few. Jesus said, verse 38, Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest. Who's the Lord of the harvest? Jesus is. To send laborers out into his harvest field. Send laborers out into his harvest field. One day at Warfare Prayer, our, our assignment from the Holy Ghost that day was to pray for laborers. That's what we did the whole time we were there. We prayed for laborers to answer the call and get out there. Look at 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 6.20 says in the New King James, For you were bought at a price. Jesus paid the price. It says, Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So if we're bought with a price, we're not our own. I don't belong to me. You don't belong to you. You belong to Jesus. Amen. So we need to do what he's called us to do. I want to remind you all, Barstow's ripe for the picking. We have spoken the word over Barstow for more than a year, year and three months now. They're ripe for the picking, I'm telling you what. Have you ever gone by a, an orange grove, we'll say that? Out here we have orange groves, we don't have apple trees too much. Go by an orange grove and you can tell the oranges are ripe for the picking. That's how Barstow is. All these salvations, all these people out there, they're ripe for the picking. Because they're backed up with prayer and the words that we have spoken over them. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.